Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You're listening to Double G Radio. So all the non-believers, how did that so all the non-believers, anybody can be beat. Relax and enjoy our expert analysis of all proteins in the concrete jungle. Can't wait. Basketball season's coming. We're almost there, but there's, there's some issues still to iron out with the New York Knicks. We're going to talk about it. We got blogs. We got Mello. We got Houston. Jason, Khalil. This is the box out, and it begins right now. With me as always is Jason, Mike Drop Corner. Jason, what's going on? Not much. Not much. How's everything with you? Everything's good, man. Everything's uh, just, just chilling. And I, I texted you the topics today, and I kind of forgot about what happened today. It kind of crossed my news feed today, and I was like, okay, we got to talk about this. So it's, it's about the Knicks, and of course. If you listen to the show before, you know myself and Jason, we get very heated when it comes to the Knicks. And it, it continues. Knicks general manager, Scott Perry, wrote a blog for the MSG um, website and pretty much laid out his whole vision for the Knicks, his whole vision of what he sees, what he wants to do. But the one thing that didn't happen was he did not mention the man who was still on the team, Carmelo Anthony. Jason, did you get a chance to read this? I glazed over it real quick before the show starts, and it's kind of I think it happened. I think no one felt before training. Yeah, it was like you, you you read it and it's like you 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 want to think positively about what's going on, but then you read it and you realize you still have a star on your team. And you just don't mention you, you shut. And this is the second time I've done this. Steve Mills wrote a blog not too long ago, and didn't mention Carmelo then. And now Perry's doing it now too. So, do you think they were wrong in doing that by just kind of excluding him, or do you like, well, he's probably going to leave anyway, so let's not even start this. Let's just go with who we have. I, I think they should have included him because you know, as much as I'm starting to really believe he's going to get dealt by Monday, what if he doesn't get dealt by Monday? And Monday is media day, and you're opening training camp. As much as we all love Porzingis, 
a lot of microphones will be in the face of Carmelo Anthony. And the way the, the whole Garden staff, the whole Knicks organization, PR has handled this, it's been kind of, dare I say it, Phil Jackson-esque. Whereas there's going to be a lot of problems coming in this week. And I don't, you know, if that's something you want to do, especially with the young rookie point guard, you're bringing him back, Tim Hardaway Jr., you got Chris Staff going to be reporting in the camp for the first time since his since him blowing his exit meeting. I feel like now you're setting up for a lot of drama come immediately. Yeah, and, and you add that in with the report that came out earlier this week that Carmelo's confident that a trade will get get done by Monday because I feel like he knows the Knicks don't want the PR, they don't want the headache, so they'll make the trade happen. However, it was revealed actually a couple hours ago by uh, by Fox Sports One's Jason McIntyre, which you have to take with a grain of salt because Jason McIntyre is a, a is a is a scumbag, but whatever. And Frank Asoli even reported a little bit too that. Anthony's going to open up his options to Portland now. So now Houston really? seems to be out of play. So Houston seems to be out of play, which we knew this months ago because Houston, all they had was Ryan Anderson's bad contract. Now Portland, Portland's interesting because they, they have some pieces that we can get, and I say we the Knicks, that are worth the trade now. So now this opens up a whole bunch of possibilities now. Hmm. Now that's that's really changes things. But you know what? Can we say, you know, as much as we say McIntyre could be full of it, I do think, if you look at tell me percentage-wise, Anello will be at this camp come home, they, I'm leaning towards 10%. So I think something might be down in the works. So I feel like the relationship has soured even more than either party is letting on. You know, like you said, the Knicks management, they're not even mentioning his name, number, nothing. They're not even talking about Hood Mellow, which we all know Hood Mellow. But um, I think I think if Portland opened up, I think that might be uh that might be the destination where Carmelo lands. So with that said, who I mean I haven't looked at the roster. You probably know better than I do. Who on Portland would could we get? Because I I know Lillard and McCollum, and I, I feel like that's all I really know. Is there anyone else that that you know of from Portland that might be a good trade piece for us, or is it just like gonna be a bunch of different pieces we can get? I think it might be just a bunch of different pieces, you know, thinking about uh, Evan Turner and maybe a draft, a high draft pick, maybe another complimentary player. I can't see Portland want to give up too much to get Melo, especially if you keep that backcourt now add Melo to your small forward position. You're in good shape. Uh, this whole, this whole, this whole thing is kind of. It, it it keeps dragging, and I feel like this. But I I get. I was thinking about this about an hour ago, as I was washing dishes. Years ago, the Knicks would have just taken anything. Okay, you don't want him on the team anymore. Who do you have? Okay, we'll take him, no matter what, no matter who they were, no matter what the what the money was there. The Knicks would be like, we'll we'll take him on. I do feel a little better that they're not so quick just to dump him for the hell of dunk, dumping him. They're like. What do you have? Okay. We don't like that. We're not going to make this deal. So uh, a piece of me is like, okay, I feel like we've made some progress from the Knicks of years past where they're like, okay, we just want him off the team. Who do you have? That's who we're going to get. You know what I mean? And I think it's kind of has to do with the, the summer's trade, what we've seen, what we've seen in both Indiana and what we've seen in Cleveland. We saw that Indiana gave away Paul George for practically nothing. And then we saw Boston 
and the Cavs actually make a logical trade sense. So maybe a mixed management is looking around landscape like, hey, wait a minute, let's just not unload him for anything. Maybe we get some kind of value back. 914-338-0897. If you want to call in, talk a little Knicks basketball. So I have to go back to the blog because Perry kind of went into detail. He went into how his father and like what his father did and how he was all American in college and um, how he learned from struggle. And, uh, and the last sentence grabbed me. The last sentence was like, huh, okay. I want us to set a standard. I want us to put our stakes in the ground and say, this is our culture. So I read that last line and I realized that for the last, I mean, even going back past Phil, the Knicks really didn't have a culture. Now I'm trying to figure out what the culture is with this team because the names he mentioned in the blog was, you know, of course, KP, Hardaway Jr., Ron Baker, who I'm like, eh. Willie Hernan Gomez and Frank. So I'm like, okay, what is the culture of the Knicks to you right now? Like, do you think it's just like they're just trying to figure it out, or do you think they have an idea of where they want to go? I think they have an idea. I think you have a young shooting guard, Tim Hardaway Jr., a young point guard, a rookie point guard, and Frank, and then you have Porzingis. So we definitely see an influx of youth movement. That's something the Knicks have not really embraced. I mean, ever. They really have never embraced the youth movement. And I think as long as they have KP as the anchor and that's their building block and selling block, I think that's probably the culture they want to start building up. Yeah. It, I don't know, and I say this only because this. I feel like we've been burned a lot when it comes to Nick culture and then maybe changing things. And I feel like over the last – and I go back to when we were at the finals last. Um, the strike shortened year or lockout year when we've played the Spurs. Since then, I feel like there's been no direction. I feel like every time someone new comes in, with the exception of Donnie Walsh, I think Donnie Walsh had an idea of what he wanted to do, but I think Dolan kind of pushed him out the job. I feel like every time we hear a new beginning, new beginning, new start, new era, a new culture, I feel like we always get screwed in the end somehow. So it's hard for me to take it seriously at this point because I feel like you and I have been just – just destroyed when it comes to situations like this. I have a little faith because I hate to say it, we have brothers running the organization right now. And to Dolan's <laughs> credit, he didn't. To Dolan's credit, he didn't meddle too much with Phil. I'm just hoping he does the same thing and let these brothers do their thing. See, I'm. He didn't do it, Phil, and it was a disaster. I feel like it won't happen again. I feel like he let it go. And now he's like, okay, well, I didn't interfere. I didn't butt in. Now it's time for me to butt in. That's like, that's the only, that's the only thing I'm thinking now. I'm like, it's like, it, it took, it took Dolan a lot not to interfere and it didn't work. And now he's like, I'm going to be all over this team, especially because we got the brothers running now. <laughs> I, I think it all hinges on how they deal with this Carmelo situation. If they resolve it, get themselves, get some assets or some pieces back, but maybe someone might really miss them to their job and see how it plays out. Because we all know getting rid of Carmelo is pretty much not essentially saying, you know, we're not competing for a player spot, wink, wink. But at the same time, we know we're rebuilding. So if you get some assets in here, you know, it's already a lost season, and I think the fans will embrace that. I think that's the problem with 
Dolan and a lot of transitions with the Knicks before. They think the fans would not embrace a rebuild. We will if you would admit it's going to be a rebuild. And that was the problem before. You kind of had a rebuild at the same time. You wanted to be competitive, and that's where Phil failed. So, and talking about Melo, um, the ESPN released their latest top 100 rankings, and Carmelo fell 33 spots to number 64. Do you know who was ahead of Carmelo at 63, Jason? I believe it's uh, Alonzo. Alonzo Ball, who has not played a minute of NBA ball, is ahead of Carmelo Anthony. What the hell? What? What? So one, do you, one, two questions. Do you take the ESPN ranking seriously? That's one. Two. Do you agree? And where would you put Melo in the top 100 NBA right now? Because he's not a top 10. I'm not going to be stupid and say that. But he's better than 64, and he's always better than Lonzo Ball. Yeah, that that a poll in the words of Stephen A. was asinine. I think. <laughs> Honestly, I would rank Melo somewhere in the top 40. I'm being realistic here. I won't say he's top 30. I'll definitely say he's top 40 for sure. Eastern Conference alone is top 20. So I just think it's very disrespectful to have him at 64. I don't know if Phil was heavily influenced in this ESPN poll. Uh, <laughs> but they totally got this. They totally butchered this poll out. I do agree with the top five, though. I agree with it, I, see the top five. I don't have an issue with the top five. They're on point with, but it's just like really. <laughs> like I, I saw that and I'm like, wait. So you you go through it and it's like I don't understand. Like what what they do? Like what's the rationale behind it? And even why would you gonna, put a rookie? Even if you're gonna hold, I'm gonna say even if you're gonna include playoff, not making the playoffs, so you can't put a rookie ahead of him. Even if you're going to hold us to that kind of degree in terms of, like, yeah, we're not really putting Melo in our top 40 because he hasn't been for such a long time. Well, we're going to talk about the top 10 later because I have some issues with the top 10. But Melo being pushed out and, and Draymond Green jumping on Carmelo's bandwagon saying, that's messed up. It's disrespect. I appreciate that because I think Draymond got it. Draymond was like, there's no way a rookie should come in without playing a minute of NBA ball and over and jump it over a player who's been established who can still drop 30 on a dime when he wants to and when he can, it, 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 it's, it's really disrespectful. I think, and it makes ESPN look really bad. Really petty, yep. Not even petty, but it's like Lonzo Ball's a story. Lonzo Ball's going to dominate the news because that was Lonzo and LeVar, and that's all they care about. So instead of looking at basketball, has basketball, they're looking at stories and names and not looking out. Okay. We can't put a rookie in the top 100. We can't do that because he could come in and just shoot bricks for the first 82 games of his career, but he's ahead of Carmelo Anthony who will probably score 20 points a game, no matter where he goes. So, it, anyway, back to the Knicks. Uh, Michael Beasley was introduced as a Nick and he 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 said he, he says some stuff. He says some he says some things. He's saying that the Knicks could compete to be a playoff team. He said that Jokey Noah looks great. And uh I think he's full of it. I don't know about you. <laughs> I 
I think he's trying to be positive, but damn, a playoff team? <laughs> I, I think he found a stash of uh, weed. Derek Rose <laughs> left somewhere lying around the garden. I appreciate his, uh, his uh, yeah, I, I don't know, just, I can't, I can't. There's no way, the Knicks are going to finish. I I want to say if Melvin gets the Knicks, I think the, the Brooklyn Nets, and I've been saying this for a while, the Brooklyn Nets will have a better record than the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm, you have. But it's, it's one of those things where, thing. mm-hmm. go ahead. That's not a bad thing, for, that's not a bad thing for the Knicks either. You own this Jewish team, like, what about that? I don't. I. I'm so. Conf- I'm. I want to. As a Knicks fan, you want to be positive. And at first glance, I don't know about you. At first glance, you think, okay, Beasley is coming in a new environment. He needs to get his career together. Average nine points a game. He's probably going to replace Melo whenever that trade goes down. So I get where he's going. But does he does he really believe that though? I find out. I, don't, I think I don't think anybody on that team believes what he said. I don't care. KP knows they're not winning thirty games. Hardaway knows they're not winning thirty games. Frank knows he's not winning thirty games. I feel like he's saying a lot, but I feel like you, you, you're selling a bill of goods to the fans. I think he believes, and I think he's just trying to elevate his his trying to elevate his assets. Maybe he's think he's going to stick around the league for a while. Well, I, I didn't realize he's only 28. I'm like, because he just feels like he's like 38, 39. He's 28 years old. Like, he's been around for a while. Oh, wow. I didn't realize he was that, I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, because he, hey, he yes, played really. Yeah, he played one year at K-State, correct? Right. So he came out when he was, I'm assuming, 19. So he's been he's been around for like nine years. I'm like, damn, that's it. I think he's been around for like fifteen. How many teams he's been on though? Isn't it been like seven? I will look that up. I know he was in China for a minute. That's where everyone goes uh, when their careers flame out. They go to China and win championships, i.e., Stephon Marbury. Michael Beasley has played on. Six. So he's played nine seasons. He's played for Miami, Minnesota, Phoenix, back to Miami, Houston, and then Milwaukee. And then if you add in the China stint, and if you add in China, like I guess he he only played. I think he came back to the U.S. in 2015, but towards the end of the season, went back to China and then joined Milwaukee when they're about a third of the way through. Because it says he didn't play 56 games last year. So he's been around like he, he, nine years, and he, he's played on five teams. <laughs> he gets around. He definitely gets and, around. And, which, which is, to me, is scary because he's essentially replacing Carmelo. And you don't want to say that, but he is the guy who's going to replace Carmelo when that trade happens. So we're we're, we're replacing Carmelo Anthony with Michael Beasley. Yep, it's going to be a great season. Unless unless they get something from Portland, that's that's the big thing too. Unless they get something from Portland, that's that's what 
that's what that's where we're going right now. Um, they also have made a signing too. Now we haven't talked about this. They picked up Jaron Jack. Uh, I I, li- I like the pickup. I think he had something in Brooklyn. I think he still has something left. I think he. I'm so, and sorry to Ramon Sessions. Jarrett Jack is a guy I want Frank learning from. I don't want Frank learning from Ramon Sessions. I think Jack is like the consummate professional. He plays hard every night. He played hard in Brooklyn when they were losing every night. I think that's the guy you want showing Frank how to play point guard in the NBA. What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he's going to be the grown up in the in the locker room. He's definitely going to be somebody that Frank's going to lean heavily upon. I, I think you're right. If if you just had sessions there, Frank would not learn anything about how to be a professional in the league. And I think that's that's the kind of leadership you want from someone that would show up every night, give his heart out there. And I think it's a good, it's definitely a good pickup. It's kind of like how I expected Noah to be a good pickup, not because I knew he would not get on the court, but I thought he would have brought some toughness to Porzingis, which I think he has in some elements. So I, I like I like I like the I like the pickup. Well, it's funny now because we have – I think the Knicks have about 16, 17 guys signed, so they got to kind of clear some room. I like Dotson, who they drafted. You can cut Sessions now. I think Sessions becomes expendable because you really don't need him. You have Jared, you have Jared yeah. Jack, and you have Frank playing a point. Sessions is just there. They have some They have some really big decisions to make with this roster because you, you need some veteran presence with this young team, but you also got to have to stockpile young guys, meaning – aging veterans like a sessions needs needs to go so you have to kind of run that that really odd balance of young with old and i think after they trade carmelo hopefully sooner than later i think you might start you might see them balance it out a little better right now it's really tilted towards the young side with jack like you said being that grown up now yeah i wouldn't have a problem with that but like you said it all depends on who would they get back from now and where would they fit in the, the whole landscape of that? Like, I wonder, if, is Steve Black still over there? Steve Blake, I mean, Steve Blake, is, is Steve still in Portland? He, I will check right now. I, be, I believe he is. That's a, that's a piece it, that makes a pickup. I feel like he's making a lot of money. I feel like no matter where, I think Blake, Blake always signs somewhere and always makes a ton of money. I don't know how. I don't know what, what videos he got of GMs, but he always makes bank. It's really odd how it always happens that way. Uh, Blake is not on the team. Oh. Well, look at their roster. Lillard and McCollum are untouchable. Uh, you have Noah Vonley, who I think could be a good young piece. Uh, I like Caleb Swanigan, who, who they drafted from Purdue. I like him a lot. You have Shabazz Napier, who was an undersized guard, but is like a combo guard who maybe comes to the bench, gives some points. Mo Harkless, former St. John's player, another bench player. And um, Al Farouk Aminu, who I still love. I think Aminu is an underrated player in the NBA. So you, they have some guys that are going to be role players, but at this point, you need role players. You have your starting five, essentially. You need guys to come off the bench and give you energy and give you minutes. Yep, totally agree. So I we'll see, we'll see the direction they make. I, I like I said, I have faith in the brothers. They'll get us. To, they'll get us right. 
But yeah, I feel like you have a lot more faith than I do. I really feel like you're like, I feel very confident about this. And I'm like, why do you feel confident about any of this right now? I feel like once we get rid of Melo, everything will fall into place. Then we'll be watching some college basketball, and we'll be talking about how, hey, New York might get some good draft pick next year from both squads. Even though I still stand by the Nets will not be a bottom five team in the league. So, Cavs, no. good no. luck with that pick. And, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm sick of everyone saying that. I'm sick of everyone saying that Brooklyn pick is going to be low. It's going to be a high pick. I'm sick of hearing that because I feel like everyone's looking at that, that roster and assuming that it's just this mishmash of players, and it's not. It's actual – I think them picking up Allen Crabb, they've drafted Jared Allen, who I think is going to be a good NBA power forward. You still have Jeremy Lin. Uh, you picked up DeMar Carroll. You have a you have an eight seed. I'm sorry, the East is garbage. Like in the Eastern Conference, they're an eight seed. In the West, they're like a twelve. People keep forgetting that they don't play in the Western Conference. They play in the East. So for everyone to say that uh, Brooklyn's going to stink again, I think they're dead wrong. I think Brooklyn can compete with Philadelphia, Orlando, Detroit, Chicago, Indiana, the Knicks, and a few others. I I totally agree. So we're going to move on to other NBA news. Get off the local teams for a minute before, you know, I have a stroke. Um, there's a report out that on Yahoo that Golden State is a little perplexed with Kevin Durant and his social media activity um, from everything from uh, going at a Twitter user who criticized Durant for leaving Oklahoma City taking shots at OKC, the roster, Billy Donovan. Uh, they're kind of – they weren't happy about it. I think this is just Durant playing the heel role and going even deeper. But should Absolutely. they be concerned or is just him blowing off steam? Just him blowing off steam. Just him not just being satisfied for winning an NBA championship and being the finals MVP. This is Kevin Durant being petty, being his, his, his channeling his inner Jordan, his inner Hollywood Hogan. He's just embracing this heel role. Like, I, can't be, I cannot see myself being Kevin Durant, and I'm going to entice people on Twitter, reminding them, like, you know, reminding them, like, hey, I left. I won a championship. I would have just left it alone, but he's really embracing this heel thing. And I think he gets. I think it's the culture of the Warriors, low key, that's rubbing off on him. I don't think we would have seen this if he stayed in Oklahoma. He would have been that you know Superman kind of like Boy Scout image. I, I like it. I love the heel, Kevin Durant. Yeah, I I have no problem with anything he's doing right now. I honestly feel like he's embraced it. Like he left, and people forget. And, when LeBron left Cleveland with the Miami, he got the same vitriol. I think now it's a little worse because star players leaving teams and going to join super teams is so prevalent now. Fans just – fans hate it. Fans hate how they do things. Durant was probably the last guy anyone thought would do this because everyone assumed he would either stay in OKC or go home. If he went to Washington, I feel like – the hate would not be would not be this deep, but because he went to Golden State, a team that knocked him out of the playoffs after being down three one, 
I feel like that's when everybody kind of started hating on him. But I feel like I feel like go, embrace it, man. Do you like just just do it all? You know what's funny about the whole LeBron situation? When LeBron won that first title in Miami, he didn't get so much. He didn't get the heat that Kevin Durant got. Maybe it's because he lost that first final, and that's the year he really got the heat. But Kevin Durant won. Like I understand. Like let's say if the the Cavs would have beat them last year with back to back then you would give Kevin Durant all this heat, like, oh, yeah, even though you went to the Super Team, you couldn't get it done. But he won. He was the finals MVP. He clearly was the difference between the two teams. Let Kevin Rock live. I mean, Kevin Durant live. Uh, listen, and what he, what he said wasn't all that false either. Like, the makeup of OKC is flawed. Without Russell Westbrook, that team, and even with Paul George, if you take Russ off that team and leave Paul George, that team is a 25-30 win team. Billy yep. Donovan really hasn't shown me since he got to the NBA that he was worth all the trouble that one Orlando put into him the first time when he had the Orlando job for uh, 38 hours and then went back to the University of Florida, and now OKC. And I feel like deep down, they know that Russ is leaving. So I feel like they haven't really started that process, kind of like what Cleveland's doing, of like – the life after their superstar. So I feel like when he leaves, that team, that city is all going to go downhill. It's going to be a great uh, college arena. <laughs> it really is. Uh, well, I, and we talk about this a lot. I feel baffled. And they're one of those uh, quote-unquote mid-major teams in the NBA. They're one of those small market teams that Russ leaves, Paul George leaves, you're left with Steven Adams, uh, Victor Oladipo, I think. Now he's on Indiana now. Oh, he's on Indiana. Wow. He's like, yeah. Who is on Oklahoma City? Holy crap. It's just the same Cantor, Adams, Paul George now, Westbrook. Who else? Wow. Who else is on that team? Yeah, they, that, that's he. That, that lost it. Todd Gibson's on them. Um, Minnesota now, so that team really, you know, for all the makeover they made, I still think they're in the same spot or maybe a step below because I think Minnesota's on the rise. So we're looking at a Thunder team that I don't see them finishing higher than fifth in the Western Conference as currently constructed. No, and 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 that's being that's being generous of you. Fifth is generous. That's so like you're you looking at you Mello, if you had Melo to Portland, I'd put them ahead of them too. Oh, Mellow Mello to Portland with Mellow, McCollum, and Lillard, you're looking at at least a four, maybe a five seed. Yep. I feel like that team, that team elevates itself because in the Western Conference, no one plays defense anyway. So Carmelo not playing defense is not going to draw a bunch of, bunch of issues because no one in the West really plays defense. I know Tom Thibodeau is trying to get Minnesota to play defense, but no one plays defense. But the scoring, because Lillard's going to drop his 30, McCombs going to drop his 25-30. Mo's going to get his shots, drop his 20-25-30. So you're looking at between 75 and 90 points between those three. You don't need anyone else to do any major work. That's 110 a night, easy, on top of whatever else extra they can get. It's gonna be, I, I'm very curious to see if they meet that deadline because the deadline, the deadline is Monday. If he doesn't get traded by Monday by the time – that that first media session starts, he's a nick to at least the trade deadline. 
But I think if he's still there Monday when those cameras come on at the Knicks facility, he will be there till February. And then all hell's going to break loose on Monday. But you know what's funny about it? Because we didn't think Ky- – we did not think Kyrie would have got dealt before the trade deadline. We thought that was just smoke and mirrors. Maybe they'll get along come training camp. But, no, he he was gone. He, he was adamant about not coming back. And I just think the way the Knicks has been handling this situation and Melo's just playing pickup ball and not really saying much, I think I think he's dealt by this weekend. And if he is, we might have to do an emergency show. Yeah, we we might have to pop up. If he's traded, and we'll, we'll, we'll all plan it, we'll set it up. If he's traded over the weekend, we'll, we'll pop on. We'll do like a half hour of it. We'll, we, we will do that. But it, it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see what they get back. Because like I said earlier, they've been very they – stuck, they stuck to their guns. And I was surprised because the urgency seemed to be there to get him off the team. But Ryan Anderson just wasn't getting the job done. <laughs> that, that was not going to get the job done and get the trade dealt, dealt. But it's interesting to see what Portland's willing to get, give up because they know they have their big three if Carmelo comes to town. So it'll be interesting to see what, they, what they're willing to give up and what the Knicks want. I would be cool with Evan Turner, the first round pick, and another role player. I have to really look at their roster. See, Evan Turner makes way too much money. Is that his contract not covered off the books this year? I think he signed a th- – I'll check right now. But I'm pretty sure he signed like a three-year deal. He just finished year one. Let's see. Oh, okay. so or this was maybe, his, maybe it was two years ago? I don't know, but he still make a lot of money, whether it's coming off the books or not. He's making, he's making some coin, and I'm like, I don't want to pay that. Uh, Portland. Let's see what Portland got. No, he has three more years. That's 17, 17, 17, and then 18 in the last year. Oh, yeah, he's definitely not coming to the Knicks. <laughs> no, not, not at all. I mean, look at their – I'm on uh, – go to Hoops Hype. You can see all this stuff if you're listening. So you look at their roster, you have – uh, Aminu making seven and six over the next two years. Noah Vonley is making four and four, but the second year is an option. Swanigan's on a rookie deal. Shabazz Napier is making five over the next two total. And Myers, Myers Leonard's is making, he's making like coin to, wow, he's making like 30. He's getting ten a year. And Mo Harkless is getting thirty-one for the, over the next three. So you, you can see why they might want to try to trade some of these big money players. But once again, the Knicks are interested in taking on salary. So now that's another issue. So if they take on some of these players, Portland has to pay some of that freight now. So I think maybe you might have to have a third team in this now due to the money. Because if you, if you, huh? So who would, who would, who would that next team be? I really think they're working on, I think they're really working on this right now. Behind closed doors. Yeah. I, well, I feel like it won't be, a, it won't be just Carmelo leaving. I feel like it'll have to be Carmelo and, or, um, a Kyle Quinn, uh, Sasha Vulicic, think if they can get rid of him, that'd be great too. Um, 
and someone else making some money to try to kind of maybe try to offset some of this money that Portland, they're way over the cap, the, the luxury tax. They're, there's $121 million of payroll in Portland. So they're going to try to get rid of some of these contracts, but then you're taking on Carmelo and his money, and then whatever money else comes in for the Knicks, Kyle Quinn's making like seven, so he's taking that up. So it this, I didn't realize their payroll was this high. I don't know about that. And and Evan Turner, I didn't, I didn't, I forgot he signed a really bad contract with Portland. And even Mo Harkless is making a lot of money too. Anyway, we'll we'll talk more about this. If Mikel, Carmelo does get traded this week, we will have an emergency box out. It'll be on Twitter. Keep your eyes peeled. We'll be back. But I think the bigger story over the last two weeks, let's be honest, has been the drop of the new NBA jerseys. What are your first thoughts when you saw the New Jerseys? My thoughts were yuck, especially Minnesota's. What did you think? Oh, Minnesota's was god-awful. I would have preferred <laughs> the, what they had last year. I, I, I hate the Brooklyn alternative jersey. I would say the only ones I like are the, are maybe the, the Cavs that are kind of new. Everybody else, eh, not too much. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota has that 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 Seahawks look, and it just doesn't work. It, it looks weird on a. It looks like a, it looks like the old Atlanta Hawks jersey, just different, just with different, I guess, directions of lines. Right. It, it's just it, it's just not good. Like I was expecting a lot more, and what we got was just hot garbage. Uh, I would, yeah. I was, I was about to say, yeah, it was definitely bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't sugarcoat it. I think maybe the Cavs, no, well, look, like I said, the Cavs is the only one I like. The Knicks, uh. yeah, the Knicks, the, the Knicks, the Knicks jersey look looks like a college uniform. It looks like, and I can't remember, I can't remember what college had a similar look to it, but it looks just like a college uniform. It looks, it looks like garbage. Golden State's black town jersey with the tree on it. I don't know what the hell that is. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. At all. Then the Pacers with the Indiana Pacers, like they have the entire team name on the jersey in a that circular pattern. It, it, I'm looking at these now. Okay, yeah, you see New York's, so that's garbage. Utah's with just the, the, the Jazz Newt, which is pretty stupid. Cleveland's is – the black Cleveland looks good with the C, with the number – that was probably the hottest jersey. You're right. That might be the hottest jersey they, they released, they put out there. And I'm sure LeBron had some input on that. Oh, you you know he did. Minnesota, that all oh, Jesus, that all green. Like what what is happening? I'm, I'm looking yeah, at them again them now. They, hmm? they, maybe they thought they, maybe they thought the the, the Timberwolves would have been found in uh, Seattle. I don't know. The Sixers jersey looks – the red one looks crazy and, like, the script, the cursive. The Celtics black jersey does not – it's not too bad. Like, I don't – like, what – I know it's Nike. And I know they want to make a splash. I know the NBA worked very hard with them. But, wow, it was really bad. <laughs> like you said, it's about to make a splash. I think they'll ditch him in a year and come back to the drawing board for some of those. But even now for this presentation, yeah. when they revealed it all together, it was so cheesy. Yeah, it was. Ugh. 
It was ridiculous. We have a phone call actually from 973 area code, New Jersey. Caller, where are you from? And uh, who are you? Hi. Hi, who is this? This is Brielle. Hi, Bri Bri Brielle. This is my Jason. This is my niece Brielle. How you doing, Bri Bri? How you doing? Good. You doing good? Are you nervous right now? No. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Think, hmm? What do you think? Which team mm-hmm. do you think has a chance to win the NBA championship? Ah, good question, Brielle. Good question. And that was all you. I know. I know your mom don't know anything about basketball, so I know that was all your question, right? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> well, that's a good question. So, Brielle, I'm going to hang up. You listen, okay? We're going to answer your question. But listen, I'm going to hang up on you now, okay? Okay, bye. 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 Love you. Love you, too. <laughs> so, my niece, Brielle, asked a really good question. We're going to have a preview show before the season starts. But at this point, at this point in the off season, as we go to training camp, who's your favorite? And Actually, it's a two-pronged question. Who's your favorite, and will we have a Cleveland-Golden State part four next summer? I think all I – I think I think we have the lowest percentage of seeing a part four this year. I, I think the Warriors are pretty much a lock to the finals, barring mm-hmm. injuries. I'm, I'm starting to – I'm starting to sway away from the Cavs. I think, I think Boston might. If Kyrie can get on board, I think Boston might, might. I think Boston might take him out. So in the finals, you're, finals, you're talking Boston Golden State. I'm thinking Boston Golden State right now. It might change come start of training camp. Yeah, well, it is really early, and like this is the, the way too early predictions because. Training camp hasn't started. Guys have guys haven't gotten hurt yet. Guys haven't got traded yet. In the case of Carmelo, right. but I I, th- I think Golden State is probably gonna as much as the West got better. I think Golden State's gonna sweep through the West again. I really don't see a team that still can't. No one can still match up with them. And Houston picking up Chris Paul really did nothing. It really won't change how things go in the West. So Golden State is gonna sweep right through East. I, I agree. I think Boston is going to take out Cleveland because I feel like Kyrie adds that dimension that Boston was missing last year. If Boston had what Kyrie had last year, they beat Cleveland. But now they have what Cleveland had, so I think they actually take Cleveland out and probably. And that's it's not a seven game series. I think they take it out in five. Ooh, I kind of agree. I think at first I was like, you know, losing. What's his name? Will be um, Crowder would have an influence, but they got a Morrison now, and we know the Morrison bugs are forward tough. So I think the addition of that, and just like I said, Kyrie coming to that culture. Right now, I think they have enough to take out the Cavs, especially with that whole will LeBron stay or go. That's going to loom heavy this season, no matter how small LeBron's going to downplay it. It's going to really be the the main focus on that whole organization. Yeah, it, it, it's it's gonna be interesting. I, I'm I'm happy we're starting the show at the beginning of the season. We started 
like January, which this is actually our 30th show, which I didn't realize until we started. This is our 30th show oh, we've wow. done so far. Wow. So we're, we're halfway <laughs> to 100. But we're a third away from 100. So I feel like we, we, we got a good thing going right now. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, then we'll cancel it, I think. Um, yeah. So we're going to look at the top 10. And I think top five, we both said we agree. So this is the ESPN list. Take it with a grain of salt. Don't take it as gospel. It's ESPN. So they're a little crazy. Number one is LeBron. Number two is Kevin Durant. Number three is Kawhi Leonard. Number four is Steph Curry. And number five is Russell Wilson. So I think five, I think, and we did our top five a few weeks ago. I think we, we pretty much have a very similar top five to this. I think you and I had different guys, but I think we had the same players essentially. So players, yeah. six through 10 is where it gets a little, a little crazy. They have Anthony Davis at six. Chris Paul at seven, James Harden at eight. Wow. Giannis at nine, Draymond Green at 10. So of six through 10, off the top, I would take out Chris Paul. Do you agree? I agree. At this point, I'm sure he's not a top 10 player in the league anymore. No. I would also take out, and if you if you disagree, tell me. I don't think Draymond Green's top ten. I think he might be oh, top really. top twenty, top twenty five. No, mm. Top thirty. Top thirty. Top thirty. Okay. Because because if you think about it, is he the is he is he the fourth best player in his own team? Yeah. So you figure that in and you add him up to the rest of the pool of the league. He's not in my top 15. He's probably 20 to 24, in my opinion. And that's all of yeah. the toughness, not skill set. Exactly. I feel like that's the problem. I feel like, and this is ESPN again, I feel like they're not using common sense. They're using, it's Draymond Green. And we there's always something to talk about with Draymond. So they're not going with players. They're not going with stats. They're not going with what they see. They're going with other things. So I think that's the problem. I think this is my niece again. Let's see. No. No, oh, she hung up. <laughs> oh, this is my niece. Um, yeah, it's, I, I feel like it's ESPN. I feel like ESPN, their ratings are just, just skewed. I don't, I don't like, and they have basketball guys. So I would think, right. especially with like the addition of Adrian Wojnarowski, it'd be a lot better. But I feel like it's gotten worse. A lot worse. <laughs> Uh, number 11, Jimmy Butler. What do you think? I don't know about 11, maybe 15. Well, go ahead. And Carl Anthony Towns, 12. Wait. Did you, let me ask you a question. Did you put Leonard ahead of Butler? I mean, Lillard? Lillard ahead of Butler. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Lillard on this list is... 18. That's what I'm saying. See? Because I think Butler, 18. if Butler was such that, that dynamic mm-hmm. player, he would have been in Chicago and they would have built around him. Because he's not well, even the top. Well, he's not even the best player in Minnesota now. Now he's like in between second or third. But wait. So we said that Lillard's 18. 17 is the Marcus Cousins. 
16 is Nikola Jokic. 15 is Wall. 14 is Rudy Gobert. 13 is Chris, uh, Chris uh, Paul George. So they bumped Lillard to 18, but ahead of him is Rudy Gobert, who's a shot blocker. Jokic, who is good, but he's not better than Damian Lillard. And DeMarcus Cousins, who is a good player, but I still think he hasn't shown his best basketball yet. So that just goes to my point that ESPN is screwed up. Like, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they definitely butchered this. <laughs> yeah, Clay Thompson, 19, Gordon Hayward, 20. But Gordon Hayward is worse, let's say, than DeMarcus Cousins or Nikola Jokic or Rudy Gobert. Like, if you look at the list, you think that it would make sense, but it really – this whole list is just skewed. Like, very, very – it's 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 an odd list. <laughs> I feel like you're not trying – I feel like, you, I feel like you're like, eh, I don't think too much, but it's, it's, it's a really bad list. I still haven't heard, like – I haven't heard, like, you know, I would say – Kyra Lowry. I mean, there's so many players. Like, they need what they what ESPN could have done instead of doing a top 100 list, maybe top 10 in each position, and go from there. Yeah, they can't do a full. They can't do a full league list. I feel like it's like yeah. this just showed that they are incapable of doing a list like this. And you're right; they should do position by position. And that's it. And don't go. Don't try anything else. I'm surprised Dwayne Wade wasn't on the list at five. What was he on the list? Dwayne, was he even on the list? I got to go back. Because if he was ahead of Carmelo, that's that's really awful. Uh, Knowing knowing them, they probably was. Let's be honest. (laughs) He probably was. Dwayne Wade was. Uh, Dwayne Wade. Okay, well, okay, we have a lot of information about Dwight Howard. Like, anyone cares? <laughs> it doesn't have his ranking, but they're saying he definitely dropped. Okay. But they're not saying how far he dropped. I'll look it up, but I know he, he definitely fell off. Dwight Howard is... Uh, I'm... I might have to go through this list a little bit, a little bit deeper. I only went really to the top 30. I might have to go deep and really look. Because I'm curious, like, guys like a Dwight Howard, guys like a Dwayne Wade, who, in other news, too, the Bulls and Dwayne Wade are talking about a buyout. They haven't come to an agreement. There's they're this discussion, this dialogue, according to John Paxson. Do you think a buyout is going to happen sooner than later? And do you think he ends up in Cleveland? I think a buyout happens, and I think he ends up in Cleveland. Well, well I think the, the more, six... though, I hope I hope it's Miami, but I think it's Cleveland. Yeah. Well, I feel like Miami. That's the that's the obvious place to go, but I still feel like this side that ill will between him and Pat Riley, Riley lowballing him, and you almost have to take his side because Wade took less money a few times to get LeBron in, to get Chris Bosh in. Once they left, he took less money for them to get Bosh back. Now Bosh is gone. 
So now you don't hook to the guy who's been with your organization for his whole career, led the organization, won you a championship before LeBron and Chris Bosh came in, and then you didn't want to hook him up when the time came to finally hook him up. So I feel like Miami will be great, but I feel like Pat Riley really screwed himself by just letting him just walk. He did, but Pat Riley is a man of integrity, and he knows his wrongs, and I think he would embrace a reunion. Well, and I think LeBron it works out. Though. Yeah, I think he might want to play with LeBron. Plus. And I don't want to say his last year, because I don't know when Dwayne Wade plans on retiring and calling it quits, but – He's he's winding down. It's getting close. It's getting to that point where he's gonna he's becoming a non-factor. So you know he wants these last couple of seasons that he's playing to be winning basketball and not especially with the Bulls. With the Bulls, and we we talked about this on draft night. They really seem to have no direction and no idea. They just brought in Doug Collins as a um, either like an advisor or consultant to Paxson. But even with a consultant and an advisor like Doug Collins, you still don't have a plan. The plan still seems to be like, let's just see what happens and just throw things against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Uh, that's a Bulls, the Bulls team. That's one another team I think is below the, the Nets coming next season. I oh, think they're in total chaos no doubt. from the top of the organization to the bottom. They're in total chaos. No, no doubt. So our last story tonight is going to be about the NBA one-and-done rule. And um, I saw this actually about 10 minutes before it went on air. So I want to get your thoughts. Rick Pitino did an interview where he believes that the NBA either will do away with the one-and-done rule completely or extend it to maybe two or three years. Three years being the NFL rule, three, three years removed. Do you think that – closer to either removing the rule and letting high school players come in or pushing the rule back to three years instead of one? I think they'll be in bed. They won't fix, They won't push it back to three. It's got to be ridiculous because then now you're going to have a lot of kids going overseas to play. Mm-hmm. So I think, and I don't think high school, especially in today's, today's social media world, I don't think it would be wise for a high school player to come out. I don't think they'll be ready, especially the way everything the league's going about things now. It wouldn't make sense. So I do think they will. I think they won't change it at all. I think they'll keep it one and done because uh, most of the guys, you know, they need to get under a good organization. Look at Jalen Brown. I think it's all about the organization that a team drafts drafts you at, and they try to develop you because we know you're not going to get that in college. So I, I think the the rule is fine. Just don't let it benefit the NCAA. That's my main thing. Yeah, I'm I'm of the mind where if you look at the NFL, a lot of guys come out for three years, but you have a good number of, of guys who decide to stay for that final year. Because I feel like once you're in college and you kind of experience college, you're a football player, a uh, football or basketball player at a major university, you you can do whatever the hell you want. So it's like you you graduate with a degree one, but then two you get one more year of just being that guy on campus. I feel like that's intoxicating for a young guy. I feel like you're more likely to have guys finish college if they stay for have to stay for three, as opposed to one, and really giving them the option of staying because you're putting the ball in a 19 year old's hands, saying, "Do you want to stay or do you want to go?" Yeah. 
or I don't think, you know, I don't John, think they'll, they'll do it away with it. You know, because no. I, I just don't think it'll it'll make sense in the long term in terms of the product. Because by then you're going to really dilute the product if you have more high school kids want to come out. Or you have John Calipari selling guys to go to the NBA, and he'll make like a side deal with the agent. Because I'm pretty sure that's happening. Just saying. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just just putting that out there. Uh, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be interesting to see. And NCA is trying to make a lot of different changes. That they're deciding whether they should let transfers play immediately as opposed to sitting out a year. The O'Bannon lawsuit is still going through the appeal courts, even though they lost the case. So I think the next three to five years for NCA is going to be really telling about a lot of decisions because he's, he's starting to see them think more about the athlete. And, you know, yeah, they got, they got a little extra meal money and um, for like the final four, the NCA pays for their family to come to the games and stuff like that. So you're starting to see them kind of, get it now. I feel like they get it. Like we got to take care of these, these these young men. But I think more is coming. I really think a payment scale is gonna come for these players. I think the up the outcry's been loud enough for NCA realizes they have to do something like that or it's gonna just keep growing and growing people are complaining about it. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll we'll, we'll see. I, I say that now we'll and the NCA will like the NCA will take away like unlimited meal plans or something like that and I'll be yelling at them again. So it, it it's it's ridiculous. Anyway, Jason, great show as always. Five five. So with the season starting, this is the, this is this is the this is the plan. Season starts October seventeenth, um, on a Tuesday. Of course, our show are is on Thursdays. So right. what we're gonna we're we're off next week, September twenty eighth, no show. We'll be back on October fifth, and starting. To every week, and then October fifth starts the previews. Um, we'll talk previews eight east west. We'll go through everything. So when the season starts, we're back in the saddle, good to go. Our predictions will probably be all of ten minutes because we both had Boston <laughs> and Golden State in the finals. So the prediction show will probably well, be ten yeah, minutes long, and you go. It might, it, it might change. LeBron might persuade me come media day. Oh, so you guys gonna. His BS. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I guess. So no show next week. October 5th, we come back next on that Thursday, and we're every week from that, that day forward, heading into the start of the NBA season. Preseason does start next week, so we, when we come back, we have some preseason ball to discuss. So it's going to be this interesting time, man. It's, good, it's a good time to be a basketball fan. Absolutely. Absolutely. So – for Jason Corden, I'm Kyle Thomas. Thank you so much for listening to The Box Out on Double G Sports Radio. We'll be back October 5th at 8 p.m. Every week thereafter, catch your best tri-state area basketball news here on this show, Double G Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great two weeks. We will see you on our season on October 5th, I guess. Have a great one. October 5th. Thanks. Peace.